0: This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Behold podcast, everybody. I should say, uh, happy Easter if you... uh, we're with us on Easter, hope you had a great day as well, with us all celebrating, really the whole week of just a, um, a sweet time together, looking to the cross, looking to our Savior's finished work, and the various services that we had, and we'll get to that in just a minute. My name is Sean, joined by Dan Gillette in the flesh. I'm here, I'm always here. And joined by Charlie Ming.
1: Howdy, howdy, howdy. I'm here, I'm sometimes here.
0: Yeah,
2: you are, yeah there you are.
0: But it's a treat when you are <clears throat>
2: I'd like to say something that I feel like is going to make you very self-conscious, Sean. Which
0: one? Me? Yeah.
2: Great. Which so, Sean? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which Sean? So I, I, I just noticed that you, you always say, well, Hello. When you first start off the podcast, yeah. I think it's kind of fun. Do you do that on purpose, or is it just
0: like a, a thing? It's something I've thought about approximately zero times before. <laughs> well, now you're going to never not well, I, think about it. I feel it. like
1: that's the common thing, though, <laughs> well, right? Hello. Like like on, on Instagram, guys that are doing like food reviews or whatever, like yeah. they always start off with the same little phrase. Maybe, what's right, up, guys? Maybe, maybe Sean's up, got guys? like a... Well, hello. You know, well, hello there.
2: You know, you know what's funny? Okay, I'm going to say something else that's totally random. So I want you to just start keeping an ear out for this because it happens a surprisingly amount of time like okay so whenever you're on the phone with somebody just anybody whatever people still do phone calls right because there's uh, <laughs> a lot yeah, of texting yeah, going on yeah. okay here and there but it, it is shocking to me how many grown adults like people my parents age and 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 every you know my age and older right they they end a conversation with bye bye all bye right, buh-bye Bye bye. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like, are we, am I am I like a baby? Bye bye. Bye
1: bye. That's so, great.
2: So uh, just just kind of listen listen for that because it, it does it happens a shockingly like large amount of time. Wow. So that's that could be our book and well hello and, and then,
1: then bu- bu- bye bye. I wonder if it's just like when you have something up to your ear, it just that we just <laughs> get, like you're talking on a banana phone trained. or something. Bye bye
2: banana.
0: Oh my gosh. We are completely wow. off
2: the rails. We're about, we're not even 10
0: minutes in and we're just completely in the Not even two minutes in.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Bye-bye to that topic. Uh, anyways, Sean, Dan, Charlie here on the pod today. And yeah, like I said, we just came off of Easter Holy Week, Passion Week. And what a time as a church family, you know, going through Palm Sunday and Monday, Thursday and Good Friday. And of course, Easter Sunday. And we say things like this a lot, but obviously all of the truths, that we talk about in that week in the resurrection, like they're true every day, you know, but it is just a special, exciting time to um, just celebrate that together. And it is genuinely a time where, where many people come to church, maybe that wouldn't normally those good old, uh, what is it? CEOs. CEOs, Yeah. Christmas, Easter only Christians. Um, and so, yeah, just a great time to be intentional in how we communicate certain things and, and celebrate together.
1: Yeah. I, I, I was thinking about this just, uh, I'm, I'm helping to lead a Bible study, and we recently went through the book of Esther, and so you, you get the whole explanation for Purim, you know, that Jewish holiday on why yeah. they celebrate, and it, and it struck me, and and obviously this is something I've had this thought many times, but just how well the Jewish tradition. Orchestrates its holidays as days to actually remember and celebrate the works of God. You know what I mean? It's so um, good. Yeah. Because because there is there is this weird balance for me of not wanting to like overemphasize Easter or Christmas or or whatever. Like we want to continue on. You're right. We wanna th- whatever the truth is that morning, it's true all year long. So let's not, right. you know.
2: It's like it's like not wanting to give your your significant other uh, a Valentine because it's like forcing you, forcing to, be. you to be, yeah, yeah right? Exactly. But,
1: but there's something so beautiful about those kinds of celebrations when we frame them in the right way, right? When we frame them to be a, a chance to remember what our God has done, to celebrate what our God has done. And I think it instills, especially as I look at, like, my two young kids and wanting them to right. have the right focus for those kinds of days, that it's not Easter baskets and Easter—you know, it, it's—those it, th- things are fine— but so much more important. And when you look at like the way Jew- the, the, the Jewish faith celebrates their different high holidays, um, there's just such a beautiful emphasis. And, and and I know that we had a Seder uh, over at the Altamont campus and yeah. celebrated Monday, Thursday here at the Crossing campus as well, um, of just thinking through that process yeah. of remembering and celebrating. Well, we do,
2: it does get lost a little bit in our evangelical tradition, right? Sure. Because even you look at the early Protestant movements, it was much more of a liturgical calendar. So there was those built in reminders and it's like, Hey, in a given 365 days, we're going to hit everything, you know, so that we don't, we don't miss anything. And if you think about it, like if we didn't have Holy week, like it would, it it could unintentionally, we could sneak by a whole year without really talking about the resurrection or, or really looking at, Hey, wow! Isn't it so amazing that Jesus washed the disciples' feet and instituted communion and gave gave us a new commandment? And you know, and what about the, what about like just the the heaviness and the weight of the cross and, and Palm Sunday and the whole thing? You know, like so, I, it's good to have those built-ins. And maybe maybe there's there we would do well to borrow from some of those yep. those traditions to so that we don't because we're forgetful people. Sure. Sure.
1: Right. So. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, w- we fight every Sunday, at least from teaching, I think from music, from anything that we do to, it's, it's about Jesus, right? It's always going to be about what he's done. And obviously the cross and and his resurrection is central to that. But you're right. There, there is a need, I think, to have that focus, to, to take time to um, really kind of zero in on either the resurrection itself or the things Jesus said about his resurrection.
0: Amen. Yeah, so with that said, we are getting ready to jump back into our our Luke teaching series, the Gospel of Luke, uh, this coming Sunday. But before we do that, on the podcast at least, we thought it'd be a good time to just look back at that week and some of those things that we just mentioned and maybe pick like one highlight for each of us from that week and then maybe some things that you considered or thought about that you haven't in a little bit that you guys just described. So let's just go around. What's what's one favorite moment or highlight from uh, Easter week for you guys?
2: Yeah, I'll start off. I really liked I just thought that the the tone and the focus and just the feeling in the room on Good Friday was just right at the crossing. And I'm sure just from conversations I've had at the Altamont, it was it was a similar you know, um, focus and a similar just energy of, of just an appropriate sense of like the heaviness and the weight of our sin we we sang that song, how deep the father's love for mm. us. And, and there's that line that it was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. Yep. And just the, the, a chance for us to really feel our culpability, our sins personally added to that weight that was on Jesus on Calvary's cross. And to feel that and to sit in that and to, to grieve <coughs> appropriately, I think the way we we did the service, it really gave an opportunity for that. And for those of you that missed it, we did something a little different with how we ended. The, the, I guess the, the order of worship in general was pretty different. We didn't have a, a, a devotional or a message or a sermon like we, we would normally do at a worship gathering. We We just read scripture and the teaching team and the recitation team did an amazing job of basically kind of piecing together Old and New Testament passages to not only show prophetically what Jesus would endure but then what was it like as he the was weight, enduring the weight it weight yeah of, and they yeah. kind of they kind of like wove them together and and then we would sing a little and then we would pray a little and and it was just a it's just a really powerful simple um, way of of going at it but we did something different at the end we we allowed for a response through communion and through an activity with with these stones where we wrote um, we wrote basically like, what what's a sin or or some type of bondage or something in your life that that the the blood of Jesus has covered and you, because of that sacrifice, you are free of this mm. thing, or maybe you're in the process of being made free of it, or it's, or it's something you want to throw off and just an acknowledgement of um, the, the atonement that, that, w- that was, that took place at the cross, that Jesus's blood, Jesus, the perfect lamb of God is this ultimate sacrifice once and for all for sin's past, present and future. and, What is he, what is he covered in your life? And write that on the stone and throw that at the foot of the cross. And there's a funny story about, about that I'll tell after, (laughs) but, um, but anyway, so we had this response time where people could receive the elements, um, you know, drop their stone off at the, at the cross. And we had some instrumental music as a time of reflection and prayer. And then the team came up and read one last passage from Isaiah 53, which just is such a, a powerful and, and really in some ways, a graphic depiction of what Jesus endured on the cross. And basically, what we said is hey, after we read this passage, the service is essentially over. And just as you feel, as you're ready, sit with it for a little bit. And whenever you're ready, you can just d- dismiss yourself. And it, so, in a way, it kind of left things unresolved. Mm. It kind of left us with a little tension. And it just was so cool to be up there with the band, like playing over people while they were just wrestling and sitting in this because there was just such beautiful stuff happening. Like some people were sitting together praying, you know, you saw, you saw some people kneeling at the cross. You, you saw, you know, people kind of like leaving just with a, with a, with an appropriate sense of grief and anticipation, looking yeah. forward to to Sunday and, it just, <clears throat> I don't know, I just really liked how, how the whole service went, but especially how it ended. And I just think God was doing some powerful stuff in the moment.
1: It's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, we I, I i loved what we did at the Altamont for that same service. And I just, uh, I, I'm a big fan of that emphasis on the reading um, and, and just listening to the scripture and just soaking in that. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. man, there are so many old and new great passages that speak to what it is that Jesus the eternal son of god right like i always say the one through whom and for whom all things exist and and what it is he encountered and endured and and it wasn't easy you know what i mean mm-hmm. it wasn't like mm-hmm. in his in his deity it was just kind of like a, a a passive kind of thing it was incredibly heavy and weighty and and to recognize that like you said it's it's for us it's because of our transgression just to sit in that was so beautiful and i think we did some things differently there than, than we did at the crossing, but um, there's still that just sense of anticipation, which is one of my favorite things about the Good Friday service is that it mm-hmm. creates this longing. We, we want to celebrate now the resurrection, the victory that it was actually secured to that cross. And so I loved being here on Easter Sunday because um, it, it truly was, it just felt celebratory in the room. There was just an excitement in in the singing. There was an excitement in in the response during the teaching um, of of folks who who I think connected those dots. You know what I mean? And were there to genuinely celebrate, and that was that was my highlight.
2: Yeah, yeah. To just to speak to that too, and I'm sure it was the same Sean over in Livermore. But just there was. I mean, first of all, the house was packed there was just such a sense of joy in life. I think having the kids up there, Mm -hmm. BBC kids and shout out to Christy and her team. They just do such a fantastic job because those kids are, they're like worshiping God. Like they are, they know what they're singing about. They know what this day is about and they shared the verse and they, they helped lead some movement in, in the singing and, and, I I'm telling you when they show up and help lead the atmosphere in the, in the house changes yep. you know and it's just so cool to see people I mean we we need that infusion of life sometimes yep. and I think that's what one of the one of the wisdoms of God you know uh, in his providence designing the church to be intergenerational right because we 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 need each other yep. we we help each other in, the, in in a lot of those ways so it was just really cool to have the the kids there and I know you guys had the kids um, on Sunday as well. Too. well it, it's so, it's Beautiful, so important.
1: Right? Yeah. And, and it, it's one of my favorite things we do whenever the kids come up because there, there is just such a, uh, an emotional tug at my heart in recognizing that these are the, the, the next generation that are being raised up to carry on right. the mission of Jesus. You know what I mean? And that, um, and that we have parents in this community that are dedicated to raise that raising their kids that way. We have, you know, Christy and that team who are dedicated to being a support in that process. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. Um, and, and it just gives me great hope. You know what I mean? There's also that, that sense of like, Lord, please don't let any of these wander away. You know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. and just wanting to pray for them, wanting to think about them, wanting to invest in them, all, all that kind of stuff just gets highlighted when that happens.
0: So cool. Yeah. Anything to me that like reminds us or just reinforces the fact that we're a family, mm-hmm. I just love. It. And that's one of those things for me of just yeah. man, having the kids come in, it just reminds me we are a family and like it's not just my kid up there. It's like all of us, we're all just smiling upon all of our kids, you know, participating in memorizing God's word and singing along like praises to God's name together. And just what a, what a light that is. Yes. Yeah, so I really love that. Yeah. It was great at the ultimate as well. One of my favorite things, in addition to what you guys both said, I love them both. Good Friday was awesome. I just, anything like that, that's like kind of strip it down to basics. I just love those moments of just, remove all the Sunday fluff, the fluff that I love, honestly, but still it's like sometimes it's nice to just remove the fluff and just focus on what we're talking about, you know, have simple music and just read, read the Bible, you know, I love those things. So it was great. But one of my favorite moments of the whole week was during that, that Seder meal we had at the Altamont on Thursday, because, you know, I've, I've read through and like seen materials before on the Passover from Christians Um, I've seen some like the quest stuff we do on, on our Monday Thursdays and stuff, and it's always great. But this is my first time going through a whole Passover Seder with a Jewish person, Mm -hmm. explaining it as a Jew would, you know, and granted she's a Christian Jew now, so she can explain it with a new, new perspective. Um, But man, I just learned a lot. It was really fascinating. And one of the reoccurring themes throughout that I've never really considered is, just how clearly the elements of the Passover meal point directly towards Jesus, Mm. like in a crazy way. Like one example of that is a lot of the Passover meal centers around this um, piece of matzo bread. Okay. It's like they have this like three layered cloth thing and there's three layers of matzo bread inside of it. And at one point earlier in the meal, the middle layer gets broken in half. Okay. And then they take that and they hide it away in the house somewhere. And that half is called the offy I think is what it's called. And they hide it, forget about it for now. And then later on in the Passover meal, after they've gone through these elements, reminding themselves of their need for redemption and God's faithfulness and that kind of stuff. um, There's this moment where they have to go find the offy It's kind of like a fun kids hunt search kind of thing. But what's crazy is that's the last thing that happens in the Passover meal. And it's like, the climax of the Passover really is mm. is finding the afikomen because doing so it's a symbol of their final redemption before God, mm. you know, and it's that afikomen It's kind of like the highlighted mantle of all of the Passover elements. Let's go. Cool. And so, in the Passover, you, you empty your cup four times, representing different things, and that's the fourth time. It's the fourth, final time you empty your cup, you, the wine, and it's the, the final bread of the afikomen, and that's that symbol of redemption. And what's fascinating is two quick things. Jews don't know why there's three pieces of bread in that layered thing. Like different rabbis have different theories as to what that's supposed to symbolize. Nothing really super compelling. But then as Christians, it seems so obvious. Like, wow, three layered matzah, that's three, but also one. And the middle layer is broken for us and then found again. And and, it's a symbol for redemption. Like that is so clearly Jesus, you know? And what's interesting is, is Jesus, when he's sitting with his friends, what are they doing together when he gives that command for communion? They're having a Passover meal (laughs) during Passover. And so when he said that to me, that like really highlighted just new meaning when he says, this is my body broken for you, taking the bread and breaking it, he's probably talking about the afikomen. He's probably explaining to people in the room, hey, this tradition that you've been celebrating as Jews, you need to know this is me. Hmm. This is about me which just makes it more yeah. just beautiful. Well, it's the special. same thing with
2: the cup, right? Mm-hmm. Too like,
0: there's, <clears throat> you
2: know, all these guys that were sitting around in the upper room, like going through this thing with, with Jesus, they've been doing it since they were children. And so they know what all the cups are and, and what they represent. And, you know, you're supposed to set one, one apart for Elijah, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, this is for the coming Messiah. And, and Jesus, I mean, we don't really know, but it seems to be like, he said, he takes that cup Yeah. And says, this is the cup of my new covenant. And it probably blew their minds.
0: Exactly. And so (laughs) for us, like we kind of like, it becomes for us just, oh, Jesus told us to eat bread and drink wine and think of him. So that's what we do, you know? But just the significance of that, of no, Mm. this, this points towards a, 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 a history of anticipation for the Messiah, you know? Right. And and so, man, for me now, I'm going to think about that every time I take communion of just that longing for Christ and, and his, just faithfulness um, in in his redemption for us and, and how he so kindly will take things for like the Jewish people and historically yeah. that they'd done for years and years and years, and years, hundreds of years. And then, man, the whole time this was talking about me. I just love things like that. So it was really fun, a really great time. Hope we do it again next year at the Altamon because it was just super cool.
2: Yeah. And it, and it, it makes me want to pray for, Jewish people. That's actually one of the things Jennifer said is
0: she's like, man, she referenced Nate because Nate has this thing where when his quails wake him up, he prays for Pat and Sheila Smith in Ukraine right now or Poland. Mm -hmm. And so she referenced that and she's like, I just want to encourage you guys as Christians right now, like every time you see something like a Jewish holiday on the calendar or you hear the word Passover or you talk about kosher things, like let that be your cue to pray for Jews, pray for Jews who have the truth, but can't see it. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good. It's good.
0: Well, hopefully you guys also have things that, that just made you smile last week in your heart that you learned or reflected on or shared with someone else uh, in these Easter truths. Um, but along with some of the really encouraging and celebratory things, I think for a lot of us, there's also things that maybe had us reflecting or maybe convicted us or made us feel like, man, I, I could... Grow in my appreciation of this aspect of the resurrection or, or whatever it is, so maybe we can just talk about that a little bit. Maybe are there any things for you guys that came up like that where you just felt, man, this is something that that I need to chew on some more coming out of last week
2: yeah, well, I'll just jump right in. One of the big me- messages you know from this week is just we looked at Lazarus' his resurrection um and we also looked at you know obviously Jesus's resurrection. But when, when Jesus came to, to this grieving family, because Lazarus had been dead in the tomb for four days, there was this, you know, obviously this, this sadness and there was even a, um, kind of a Jesus, Hey, why, why did you take so long? You know? And and then we see, you know, Charlie, you did such a good job of just, of, of walking through the significance of Jesus saying to, to Martha, Hey, I'm the resurrection and the life, Yep. you know, and, and just unpacking the significance of that and the authority that, that we see in Christ and the certainty that we have through faith in Christ of, you know, the, the, not only his resurrection, but our resurrection that will come at the end yep. of time, you yep. know, and even, you know, Martha hearing that from Jesus and understanding that maybe a little bit, she still didn't really get it. Mm-mm because, you know, she tries to stop him from opening <laughs> up the stay. tomb. <laughs> yeah, you know, but there's this um, this question that Jesus just asks her, do, do you believe? And I, I really liked how you had us just kind of camp out on that and, and think through that. And I shared a little bit just as we were going into the, the final song on Easter just of where that landed with me. And and I'd love for us to just talk about it a little bit here on the podcast because what, what it stirred up in me was, Yes, I do believe. I do have that certainty in the finished work of Christ, and I do know that like what the kids shared that that verse that that my hope is is set aside yeah. in heaven in its unperishing and un what are all those yeah. things? unspoiled and unfading and kept in heaven and I do have confidence and certainty in that. But then when I'm living my life and I bump up against all the weird stuff that we deal with in the world, it gets tested, and I have I have moments of doubt and and uncertainty, and so just it, it made me think about this this heart posture that you see in scripture that is expressed in a prayer, just a humble prayer. I believe, help my unbelief. You know, there's a um, there's an instance in in one of the gospels where Jesus is, um, you know, there's a, there's an unclean spirit, there's a demon that needs to be cast out, and Jesus is like, do you, do you believe I can do this? And there's this response. Hey, I, I do, but help my own belief. I believe it help my own belief. Or I was even thinking about just the, in the gospel accounts, post resurrection, the, the account of Jesus coming to Thomas and Thomas just struggling. I I see you, but I just, I'm I can't, wrap my my brain around it. And,
1: and how unfortunate for Thomas <laughs> that he is now known throughout all of I history know, as doubting Thomas. You know what <laughs> I mean? That's just a bummer.
2: Totally. Totally. But I love, I love Jesus's response. You can read about it in John 20. <clears throat> what does he say? How does he meet Thomas in his doubt? He says, peace be with you. Hmm. That's the first thing he doesn't, he doesn't make him send him away. Oh, I can't believe you don't ah, oh, come on, you know, or he doesn't come down harsh on him. He, he, he welcomes him in and, and meets him where he's at. And, and then he says, test me out. Like, yeah, he, he reaches out his hand. He says, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. So he meets him where he's at with, with, with grace. He allow he draws him in to, to experience him. And then he calls him to greater faith. Yep.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) You know, and I just think that what a, what a beautiful picture of, of God's heart. And I, I don't ever want to, um, I don't know, pretend like my doubt isn't there, you know, or, or, or just be afraid to bring that doubt to, to the Lord, you know, and, yeah, I, I just I want to talk about like what does that look like in practice? Yeah. Well, I think you know? there's a
1: framing that, that happens if if we catch ourselves in those moments because I, I think there's plenty of times just if I look back on on, on a week and I see moments where uh, I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't choose faith. Uh, when facing a certain temptation or facing a certain mm-hmm. i don 't know season of suffering or or whatever it may be, I, I can see in my actions that there was a either distraction or i you know what i mean I, I did something different that wouldn't that wouldn't model that faith because I think that when i 'm pushed on that and I stop and I reflect. I'm able to in that moment be like, no, I do believe this because it's, because yeah. if, if we if we deny belief in one thing, then we are promoting belief in another thing. You know what I mean? Wow, you, no matter what it is, you know what I mean? We, we have to, to do that. And yeah. And so I, I think for me, it's setting up patterns in my life that when certain things come up, that's going to test that faith, that, that trusting action in my life. Um, towards God, I, I want to be prepared for that. I want to know mm-hmm. that that's coming mm-hmm. so I can stop and say, who do I choose to believe here? Am I going to choose this thing that says it offers some sense of satisfaction and that is going to give me pleasure or joy or whatever it might be, even though I know it doesn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, even in my not own,
2: in any lasting even, way. Yeah,
1: it, yeah. Scripture tells me it doesn't, but even in my own experience, I know that exactly it's not. Yeah. It's it's going to create more harm than good. Or am I going to choose to believe this God of mine who has in every way, both in my life and throughout history and scripture has shown himself to be faithful. And so what do do I choose in those moments? You know what I mean? And and that really helps me
2: one own my belief. Um, You're not, you're not pretending that the doubt isn't there or or the the lack of faith isn't there.
1: One that we've got that freedom before God to like, like you've already pointed out those examples. And I think, Again, just throughout, throughout the New Testament, in, in the letters and, and everywhere, there's that continued, you know, of course, we're going to struggle with this. We're forgetful mm-hmm. people. We're distracted people. There's an enemy that wants to devour. There is our flesh that wants to be appeased. We've, the world wants is a system that's built on lies. You know what I mean? Like, we're constantly <laughs> facing things that challenge um, that belief and that faith and that trust. And so the question is, you know,
0: when that comes up, what do we do? Amen. yeah I think you really hit the nail on the head on that and I loved that phrase you said of just building patterns in your life because I've totally noticed for myself that there's like a direct correlation between those little doubting moments like you're describing and just how my time is being invested you know for some reason just and you guys know I'm like a hobby guy I love picking up different hobbies and, and diving into them the more I get into those things not even bad things they could be great things but they're not Jesus you know so the more I'm investing my time and energy into those things I just tend to notice that's where those moments pop up more. And in a way, it's just like, it makes so much sense because it's just like every other relationship in our lives. Like my wife, you know, if I'm spending all of my energy diving into whatever this hobby is that I'm talking about right now, and I'm neglecting that time with my wife, that's where those moments for her and I are going to pop in, you know, of doubt or fear. And what's the fix to that? Obviously, man, invest time with your wife and and, and have intimacy with them, and encourage one another, and ask questions, all that kind of stuff. And it's the same with Jesus, you know. It's it's. I'm so grateful that it is that way, that it's pretty clear relationship because it makes it easier for us to know what to do sometimes. Um, but yeah, anyways, all to say for sure, for me those those patterns are really important because, like we keep talking about, whether it's the whole Ramos prayer idea, or just those breath prayer, Holy Spirit awareness type things. We're not practicing those. I think that's what leaves room for, like you said, for those other, you're either serving this or this, you know? So that's what leaves room for Satan to kind of dig in and just pop those little things in your head, you know? Yeah.
2: I, I think that's great because that's one of the things that I can sometimes struggle with when it comes to, you know, the, let's just say this issue of Jesus's ultimate victory over sin and death. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is victorious and that one day that the fullness of that victory is going to be expressed and we're going to, there's going to be, it's going to wipe every tear. There's going to be no more sickness or, or sadness or sorrow. Even death itself will be eradicated. I know that. But then it's like, we, we just, we encounter so much, just ugliness and darkness and despair, and you know there, <laughs> we live in an age of information where you can you can read about every terrible thing that's happening in the world. Like, it just it's all at, the, at your fingertips. <laughs> you know you can you can watch every horrible news story or read every article and just see. And and not that we want to be head in the sand, blind to the suffering that's happening in the world. And it's not that we also want to just like. You know, whitewash everybody's pain and suffering and pretend it's not there, uh, right? Because works good
1: and everything. So just let go. That's not (laughs) what I'm
2: talking about. So there has to be some kind of like. I I think what we're going for is like attention to middle ground of like, hey, I see all that. I I I feel that. I I empathize with you. I I I have compassion towards you. I'm going to meet you in that place. But I also know who my God is Mm. and what He's going to do and and what He's promised to even do now. And the only way that I can do that is if I'm doing what you're talking about, Sean, if, is if I'm looking at the right things, if I'm spending my time the right way. Because it's so easy to just fall into a black hole of geopolitical pol- you know, politics <laughs> or to fall into a black hole of like, you know, the political talk radio. Or, 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 even, just, I mean? or even
1: just the friend that continues to reject Jesus or, or the, you yeah, know what I mean, whatever it may yeah. be, all yeah. those things are going are gonna to challenge us. You right? can fall
2: into despair. Yeah. And, and rather than certainty, yeah. you know, you can fall into, and that's where I think the doubt kind of comes in. So, so I, I love that idea of just like, yeah, having those patterns. Well, and, and, I'll, and I'll,
1: I'll just throw out if you don't mind, just that, that we've already hit on it in our Luke series and we're going to hear it at the Altamont this week and the crossing the following week um, of, of these accounts where uh, Jesus is proving his lordship over the Sabbath. Uh, hmm. One of them is uh, you know the disciples are picking wheat, and that is by the you know Pharisees understanding of the law that is off limits. Why are you allowing them to do this all yeah. this? Jesus throws it back to the to the Old Testament and gives some explanation and says, "And by the way, the Son of Man—that's me. I'm the Lord. I'm I reign over this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and then, so we're good. Yeah. And then next, you see this this uh, healing, this incredible healing, where the the uh, Pharisees are set, trying to set Jesus up, and this man with the withered hand. He's not. Spo- you're not supposed to heal on the Sabbath. You better, unless, not him. better not heal yeah, Better not heal him. Yeah. You Jesus. better not heal him. Right. And. Jesus is like, are you going to deny what's good and, and choose what's evil? Like, uh, w- you know, there's just such a disconnect from the heart of God. Anyway, he heals this guy. And these, these Pharisees and their blindness just are absolutely filled with hatred and fury. They are just done and they begin to conspire Bodies, and yeah. plot against Jesus in a, in a more profound, directed kind of way. And what does the next verse say? Is Jesus went to a mountain to pray and he stayed up all night praying to God. That mm-hmm. I think that in a moment where in the humanity of Jesus, there, there is an understanding, Jesus gets that his words are going to cause the heat to rise against him. Mm-hmm. And there's anxiety in that. There is yeah. fear in that. There is an understanding of where that's going to go for Jesus. And so what does he do in that moment is he goes to the Father and he relates to the father and he has yeah. fellowship with the father. And then right after that, he calls the 12. He's, he's got this group mm-hmm. of disciples already, but he says, you are the 12 that are going to be the closest to me. He relies on the support and he replicates, he continues his mission. Wow. And so there's this single mindedness in Jesus, right? Which I want to see more and more in my own life yeah. where I live for the mission of God and, and everything I do wants to be you know, associated to that. One, yeah. I think that's a huge step in having that Drive, you know what I mean. It's like it, for, it, with anything in life. If I am committed to be a better bowler, right? That's only going to come. You're a pretty good bowler, bowler only, <laughs> already.
2: You beat Derek Carr. Hey, at we don't once. need to talk about that. No, um, we
1: should. <laughs> uh, uh, I have to be dedicated to that mission of of being better. I can't say mm. oh, I'll just get better by watching bowling on TV, hey, right? Sure, sure, sure. Um I've got to be dedicated to that mission. So that's going to be the first, I think, thing. And we see that in the example yeah. of Jesus. But then also when those, when those anxieties do come up, when there is this temptation to forego the mission, you know what I mean? Because of, you have a of, bad
2: round you, or you, someone tells you, someone tells you, you suck at bowling. You love the bowling analogy. You, I love no, that. No, no, yeah, but no, unless, it, you it, know what I'm saying? Runs, like, yeah, it totally it. goes. Yeah. Be- because you're, y- cause you're like, no, that's not true. I had a bad round and you don't know me. Like, you know, yep. so, so, so the, the, the mixed response that Jesus got, the critique, the hatred that the religious elite. That, that it stirred that his ministry it stirred up in them it, he didn't it didn't mess with him at all because he was so dialed in on his mission
1: exactly he was dedicated it, yeah. to the mission of his father not the mission of tradition yeah. or whatever so else good. Yeah. but that just that 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 last piece is that he does go and separates himself and goes and spends that time with the father to receive support and direction from his father. You know what I mean? Well, that's why you spend so much
0: time with your bowling. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I sleep with it. Yeah. It it stays in. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, just to continue the bowling thing, it's like what I love is not just, Oh, he can roll with the punches, which of course is true, but I love the element. We're going to talk more about this next week after Sunday, of course, but I love the element of like, Jesus is really saying, you're telling me I'm bad at bowling, but my mission isn't to be good at bowling. Like, I'm here to do a totally different work <laughs> and I'm going to work hard on that. You know what I mean? But for us, sometimes we feel that way of like, oh man, I'm discouraged. It must mean I'm not doing well, but no, no, no. Like this is the fight we're fighting. Yep. We have to acknowledge that this world is designed to try to bring us down, to try to pull our eyes away from God and from Christ. Oh my you gosh. Know? Yeah, yeah. Like there's a reason why bad news sells and good news doesn't. Like we never see in our news feed, just all of the good things happening in the world. You know, <laughs> Yep. Satan is working so hard to keep our eyes away from Christ. And what he wants is for us to respond and fight in the way that the world fights. You know, he wants us to say, no, I'm good at bowling," whatever it is. But, (laughs) but no, Jesus makes it clear. There is a fight that I want you to fight. And there's a specific way I want you to do that. You know, and absolutely. I want you to be fierce for me and zealous for me and, and be faithful to that fight. But that fight is not just going and fighting the world, right? It's being faithful to what he's called us to do. Yep. It's, being, it's being examples of his life, magnifying him in our lives. And that's how we respond to those things. And I think it's that process of us standing firm in that and magnifying him in the way that we live that really eradicates Satan's stronghold of doubt in our lives, right?
2: Well, it's such a great point because it is the last thing we want to do. It is counterintuitive when we suffer are suffering or when we are doubting or when we're just going through something you know where we we, we don't even know which way's up right that happens in our walk with Christ sometimes it's the last thing we want to do is go to the father mm-hmm. in prayer mm-hmm. or or to show up at church on a Sunday morning right mm-hmm. i mean so many people we saw at church on Sunday that we haven't seen in months or 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 we haven't seen since last easter you know and and I get it because we all take a beating out there <laughs> yep. all the, all week long. And sometimes you just, you can't, it feels like you can't get here. You know, it feels like you can't be in community. It feels like you can't go to that VBC group or to call up that friend or to, you know, spend that hour in prayer or whatever. But it it is, if we can discipline ourselves and train ourselves to say, no, I, I know this is exactly what I need.
1: Yeah. This is life. That's the this is life. Yeah, that's And apart from him, there is not life. And so, so what do I do? You know what I mean? And you're right. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, it can be really hard, but it takes humility. And if there is a humility of just surrendering to the true master, you know what I mean? Then that, that's, that's how we fight those inclinations to resist and to reject those. Yeah.
0: those. And just one more like element to throw into that mix is just, uh, thanking God really for his faithfulness and transforming the way we can look at those situations, you know, cause I'm just thinking about where scripture will tell us repeatedly, like, man, you, you can rejoice in the midst of hardship. You can, you can be thankful in those moments, which apart from Christ, that makes no sense. Why would you be glad that bad stuff is happening to you? You know, but that is a huge element of that, of man, Christ promises that we can follow in his footsteps and we can rejoice when we're going through hard stuff Mm. because we know that we're being sanctified and we know that we're glorifying him in that process, you know? And I think that our ability to feel that joy in the hard stuff, our ability to like have that rejoicing kind of response is again, directly dependent on our relationship with Jesus, on how much we're investing in him, how much we're spending that alone time with the father, like you're saying, diving into his word. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, this is like a reoccurring theme on this podcast when it comes to beholding Jesus and Him doing work in our hearts and our lives. Because of that, um, and spoiler, alert, it always will be because that's yeah. our that's our charge, right? That's the goal, right? Like is and
2: that... like and subscribe, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> smash that like button, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, if you know, if we are given that promise and we are at a place in our lives where we trust Jesus, you know what I mean? Like we've come to that decision, and He gives us a promise that says if you behold me, you're going to become more like me. That's the work of the spirit in our lives. Then what is getting in the way of that? You know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. And I know that there's lots of things. There's lots of things in my life. I'm not, I'm not saying that to be judgmental, but when we really do strip it down, it becomes a convicting question of, do I believe that? Yeah. Do you believe this? Well,
2: yeah. And that's a great, that's a great thing too, that you, you did on Sunday is, is you kind of said, Hey, one, This do you believe question is that Jesus asked Martha. It's for all all of us, no matter where you're at. If you are still investigating Christianity and you're just here because someone invited you, it's for you. If you are kind of um, in the category of nominal Christian and you you haven't been to church in months, it's for you. For those of you that are just really uh, just abiding in Jesus and following him and, and just filled with the spirit, like it's for you. You know, and I, I think it's important for us to just be reminded of this reality. Jesus talks about it a lot. That there, the, it's always going to be a mixed bag in a crowd. There's always going to be whether it's a you know, local church or it's a it's a crowd of people that he was teaching on a mountainside, or if it's your VBC group mm. or your family or whatever. There's always gonna it's always going to be a mixed bag, and there's going to be mixed reviews. To Jesus and his message, <laughs> some yep. are going to hear and respond and their life 's going to be changed forever others are going to hear and and be filled with rage like yep. like the religious elite yep. were others are going to hear and, and kind of like it but but not really follow you know I, I was I was even thinking about just kind of on this topic in matthew 28 right before Jesus gives the great commission. He, there's this amazing scene before he ascends to heaven and this is how Matthew records it in verse 16 or verse 17 says, so basically they're all, you know, everyone's gathered together on the mountainside. And and when they saw him, verse 17, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Yep. And, and if you just think about that just for a second, like, okay, this is the man that everybody saw die.
1: Yeah. It was the, the, the news of the day. The the world likes bad news. There's the bad news of that day. Right. Right.
2: Because even like on the road to Emmaus, you know, when Jesus shows up to the disciples and, and he's pretending to be like an outsider from out of town, they're like, where have you been? Like what rock? Oh, did you not know? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So like everybody knew that what, what had transpired, this man died. He was buried and now he's out of the tomb and the tomb is empty and he's eating fish and walking through walls and you yeah, know ghosts, what i mean like ghosts don't and, eat and, fish yeah and talking and stuff yeah. like so and and they're about to see him ascend to heaven like fly away like like neo from the matrix <laughs> you know like and
0: just some, just like neo <laughs> yeah yeah
2: and some worshiped
1: and some, but doubt some doubted, yep you
2: yep. know and I and I just think like there's people that come that come into our church buildings every day, where they're in that second category, yep. and and we need to as a, as a church body be aware of that and and help each other really know where we're at because you don't want to end up on that day standing before Christ and and, and saying I was with you I was at church every Sunday but, you know I did yep. all these great things I served at the food pantry I did that stuff. Apart from me, I never knew. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, so I just, it's a sobering thought. And and we, we, I think Sunday, Charlie did a great job of calling us to just really self-evaluate, to do a self-evaluation like, hey, am I actually in the faith? You know, like, yep. do, do I actually believe this stuff? Or am I just
0: showing up? Yep. Yeah, I think two takeaways from that. One is that, is just, you gotta be aware of that. That's the reality we live in. Um, another takeaway, which is like, a weird kind of encouraging to me, I guess, is it's a bit of a hard check because I think it's really easy for a lot of us, whether it's in conversations with coworkers or friends or neighbors, or even for us, like ministry contexts and evaluating whether or not we're succeeding or not, you know, it's just super easy to base our heart's response on their response, you know, like oh man, they didn't respond to all that conversation. Like crap, I must have not done good, you know. Or oh, or they, or I invited them to church, they didn't come. Yeah, like, or, like uh, or for us, it's like oh, people weren't didn't seem to respond to the message well. They weren't raising their hands in worship, whatever. Like it's super just easy to make those things affect our hearts, but you know, you see that example and you look at Jesus as an example of how he went. It's like no, we need to be basing our idea of success solely on our faithfulness to what Jesus tells us to do. Hmm. You know, if I can answer, man, I think I was faithful to God's word and I think I was Jesus-like in that situation, then nothing else should affect my heart. Should. Obviously we're all human that's going to happen, but that's encouragement because like, man, I don't have to get down when someone responds poorly to me if I was faithful. You know, I don't have to get bummed if this many people don't come to my event if I was faithful. You know, that's our charge. And, and at the end of the day, it comes down to trust in the father. It comes down to do our trust that me being faithful is going to be useful for God's kingdom and his perfect plan. Because if I do, then I can rest and just be encouraged.
1: And know that he, he works in the midst of it, no matter what. Like he's the one affecting the change in the lives of people listening. He's the one who's affecting, you know, change in, in the day to day kinds of things. Like that's, yeah. that's not uh, necessarily our responsibility. We have to have a heart for those things. But it's because it's the father's heart and the father's responsibility ultimately to accomplish those things.
2: Yeah, yeah get, we do. We do want you guys to to come to our events and say amen and raise your hands and yes, worship. We do yes, want that yes, stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Just but, to be clear. Yeah, but I think I think that, that of course we do. But if that becomes the driving motivation, totally, totally, then then things are askew a little bit, right? Like I want. We're out of opera-
2: yeah. The order of operations. Yeah. When I, yeah, when I
1: stand bit. before the for Jesus, He's not going to say, "How many amens did people say while you were preaching?".
2: I give you a lot of. Amen I you do. You're gonna. That. You're up
1: in that number for me, so yeah, I can. Yeah, but yeah. he's not gonna ask that, right? He's gonna say, right. "What was your heart? What was your motivation? What was it was What was driving you in that? Was it love for me a, or whatever? I
2: even throw out a, "Come on, yeah, you do." A come well. on, <laughs>
0: I'm like, "Come on, come on,
2: <laughs> let's wow. go."
0: Wow. All right. A lot to say, man. As your brothers and sisters in this church family, I hope, like Dan was saying, that we have that that freedom where we feel that freedom to be honest with each other. Cause like, I'll tell you right now, whoever's listening and you two in this room, if I kill it in the effectiveness of numbers or how cool the event was, but I'm being a turd, I'm not Christ-like, like I have failed. So you okay, need to tell okay, me. Amen.
2: See me after class. I'll tell <laughs> you. I
0: got some stuff for you. But, but hopefully, honestly, though, hopefully we all have yeah, that freedom yeah. to have that. No, kind we do. Of, we do conversations.
2: We do, yeah. and it and it and it and it happens all the time. Yep. You know, so I'm, I'm a turtle. I'm, all time. I'm grateful for that. No, no, no. I mean, kidding. like <laughs> we're talking, we're speaking into each other's lives. Yeah, all the time, when you said so. I'm
1: a turd all the time, the turd and all blended in my head, and so I heard I'm a turtle.
0: I'm a turtle. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> What's that news? I like turtles. I like. I like.
2: Hey, also, before we wrap up, we should probably also give an apology because we did make a really great podcast we last week with Connie as our guest and the internet broke and it didn't get uploaded. So you, you no one is ever going to get to hear it, I guess.
0: Yeah, I actually re-uploaded it on Monday and it still didn't work. So oh my maybe we can up our podcast uploading but can we? Here would it be Bible weird? Church? Would
2: it be weird to release two episodes this week? <laughs> no, and, I'm going to. And, we're going to upload it for okay, sure. Okay, because okay. you guys. Because I think Connie was really. She was like, "Did I get the axe? You know, was I bad? And it's like, oh it's my so gosh, sad, no. No.
0: <laughs> oh boy." So be blessed by two podcasts, Ooh. but don't
2: get used to it because we don't have time for that. No,
0: two for, wow. I feel like we can be done. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hopefully, this has been encouraging and (laughs) equipping and useful for you. I hope to see you guys on Sunday as we chug on in the Gospel of Luke. Hope to see you next week as we tune back in for the Behold podcast. And with that, I will say, well, bye bye. Bye (laughs) bye. Peace. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, Or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week. Online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.